This is Black and Gold Rush, the podcast where we talk about all angles of New Orleans Saints football. I'm your host, Rachel Jones, and I've been a Saints fan all my life, so I know just how much this team means to our city, both as a former reporter and from my season ticket in Section 257. Whether it's breaking down game tape or telling an inspiring off-the-field story, I'm here for it because the Saints bring us together. Let's get going. What's going on, Houdat Nation? Welcome back to Black and Gold Rush. Remember after the draft when Mike Dettelier came here on the podcast and said Paulson Adebo had the best chance of the Saints rookies to see significant playing time? Well, today, we're getting to know the former Stanford cornerback through the eyes of Stanford's Troy Clarity. Troy is in his seventh season with the Pac-12 Network and has spent three decades in Stanford's radio booth or troving the Cardinal sidelines. He's a truly awesome person to bring us insight into the Saints' third-round draft pick. Together, we are intrigued about what this young man can bring to the Saints' secondary. In just 22 games at Stanford, Adebo intercepted eight passes and had 34 passes defensed before he opted out of his senior season. But Clarity tells us how Adebo's best nights show up beyond the stat sheet. Let me say that again. Adebo's best nights show up beyond the stat sheet. Cornerback is a critical position for the Saints in 2021. We know that, as is linebacker that we highlighted on Friday's episode with second rounder Pete Werner in that interview with his high school coach. If you haven't checked that out, I highly recommend you do so. Rick Streif was such an amazing interview up at Indianapolis Cathedral. Now, So many things still need to fall into place for Paulson Adebo, namely his health and learning the defensive playbook, of course. But for now, let's get a window into Paulson the player and the person. Apparently, Adebo speaks French as his first language. How cool is that? With Stanford's own Troy Clarity. Troy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Awesome to be here with you. How's everything going back there? It is going great. We're recording on the day the NFL schedule release is coming out. So the enthusiasm level is very high here in Louisiana. And Saints fans, myself included, were thrilled to see the Saints draft a talented cornerback in Paulson Adebo, who's a real ball hawk, something you were eager to point out. You tweeted right away about his ball skills, Troy. So I'm excited to introduce listeners to Paulson Adebo even more in our conversation. So first off, I know he's from Texas, went to Mansfield High School, but give us a glimpse of the atmosphere around Stanford leading up to the draft. How much excitement was building for Paulson, especially considering he opted out of his senior season. So his exact positioning in the draft may have been uncertain. Yeah, and it was kind of an interesting season for for obvious reasons and an interesting run-up to the draft for uh, for, for obvious reasons. And, of course, the the fallout from the pandemic, the shortened season for the Pac-12 being among those reasons. And those were the reasons why Paulson uh, decided to opt out 
of the 2020 season, as does as did Walker Little, who actually ended up being uh, the highest drafted player uh, from Stanford uh, going in the second round of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, you know, but, but I think there was a lot of excitement around this draft class in total. There wasn't a big time star like a Christian McCaffrey or an Andrew Luck. Uh, one guy that that every that everyone that all the 32 teams were converging on the farm specifically to see. But there was certainly a lot of quality and quantity within this year's draft class for Stanford. Uh, Davis Mills, the quarterback who ended up going to Houston. I think Davis Mills, and this is this is not a lightweight statement. I don't think on my part. Uh, I've seen Stanford, been watching them for for almost three decades now. Uh, Davis Mills quite possibly might be the best pure passer that Stanford football has ever had. He went to Houston. Uh, Other fantastic players like Sidney Fajoko, a wide receiver, Um, you know, Walker Little is mentioned. And of course, Paulson Adebo, who, you know, guys that that kind of opted out, kind of admittedly, you know, fell fell off of our radar, mine personally, as we followed the team and had six games to go through. And, and what a wacky six games it was as Stanford dropped the first two, but found a way to win the final four, including the finale down at UCLA. It took everything it had. And then you start thinking about the draft again, and you look at whom is going to be coming back. And you look at who's going to be there for Stanford football's pro day and Paul Snedebo, there he was on that late March rainy afternoon uh, at Stanford University, uh, taking part in, in, in workouts, taking part in drills and, and, and doing some pretty good things there. So, you know, the, the, the physicality, you know, the, the physical, the tangibles, the measurables are the one thing that certainly uh, give you the first impression about Paulson Adebo. And he certainly looks the part, right? Especially for a cornerback in this day and age, has the height and has the length as well. But and I think you just alluded to this here a little bit. You know, don't forget the ball skills. And don't forget the recovery speed as well, because those are two critical things that you need to have as a cornerback in today's NFL. And has a pretty good head for the game, too. So a, a lot of the uh, tangibles, the measurables, and a few of the intangibles as well, I think, combined uh, to make uh, Paulson uh, a great, a, a pretty good, give, give him a pretty good start and a pretty good leg up on the NFL. Absolutely. Great points between the the measurables, the ball skills, and the recovery speed. Not to mention he's coming in at a team that needs a lockdown corner. Uh, yep. Whether he'll have a chance to slide on in and start right away will still remains to be seen. But when the Saints drafted him, Paulson made sure to say that one of his mottos is that everything that happens had to happen, really trying to let his production speak for itself. And there is a lot of production there, Troy, even in just his two seasons, his two full seasons on the field at Stanford. If you, these numbers, 34 passes defensed and eight interceptions in just 22 games from 2018 to 2019. I mean, those numbers are no joke. Yeah, and they, they certainly speak for themselves um, in that respect, but maybe some numbers that you might not necessarily be aware of and some numbers that might not necessarily show up are his ability to show up um, in big games. The 2019 season when the Washington Huskies came in 
Huskies were ranked in the top 25. Stanford was not. They had stumbled off. Uh, they had just been beaten mercilessly at UCF a couple weeks before. Had a close call against Oregon. Really limited Justin Herbert and the Ducks at Stanford Stadium. The defense played brilliantly, but the offense couldn't get anything going. And Stanford lost that one 21-6. So here come the Washington Huskies. And not too many people outside the program are expecting much of Stanford that day. And the Huskies, if I remember correctly, uh, got the, got the fir- their first possession and they went downfield pretty easily. And you're and you're sitting there and you're going, oh boy, here we go again. And you're trying to you're looking around for something strong to hold on to to survive for uh, for the next uh, few minutes and for the remainder of the game. But but Washington went dormant offensively for the most part for the rest of the way, and much of that can be attributed to how Paulson was able to fare against Washington's best receiver of that season, Aaron Fuller, as Fuller made a couple of critical catches on that opening drive against Adebo. But the rest of the way, he largely got shut out. If he got more than two catches for the remainder of that game past his opening possession, I'd be surprised. I would need to look at the numbers back again. And if those two catches were of any significance, uh, they, they probably, uh, and those two catches probably were not of any absolute significance at all. I had no no game-changing bearing on mm-hmm. uh, on the game at all. So, yes, the numbers are there. The, the, the pass is broken up. Um, the interceptions, the eye-popping interception, I'm sure that, that you've seen the highlight clip mm-hmm. of him uh, making the big pick in the big game, Stanford versus Cal in 2018. And uh, mm-hmm. I was on the sidelines that day for the Stanford Football Radio Network, and Cal had just made a play to cross midfield. So I was on the sidelines walking down towards that end zone, and I'm looking up at the jumbotron while watching that play unfold, and Paulson reaches out full extension one hand snares the ball and pulls it in and I'm watching it on the jumbotron and I'm thinking my mind's playing tricks on me or maybe there's a glitch in the video feed or something like that because I could not have possibly seen what I just saw but yes lo and behold there it is so you know the the numbers back it up but but as is the case with everything in football and in sports really you know, don't be afraid to look beyond the numbers a little bit. Don't just judge a guy by what you see in the box score and, and judge a team by what you see uh, within, in, in the box scores as well. Because, you know, sometimes the best nights uh, that you have as a cornerback don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. If you're doing your job and you're shutting down the other team's best receiver, but you don't have any picks and you don't have a couple of passes broken up. Hey, that still means that you're having a pretty darn good night. And Adebo certainly had his share of those. Absolutely. That's such a great point. Look beyond the box score. The best nights show up beyond the stat sheet. You had such an incredible view of Paulson from the sidelines, and you have had a great view of Stanford athletics for going on 30 years now, like you like you said. That makes me sound old. <laughs> hey, sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> So talking about talking about that, Paulson is one of five players who from Stanford who were drafted five more have since signed contracts um, undrafted. So 10 Stanford uh, Cardinal coming to the NFL here in 2021. What does that mean for, for Stanford and David Shaw, someone that has Louisiana roots, his dad yeah, coached right. with the saints, uh, Willie right. Shaw yeah. to celebrate these guys. 
Well, it, it's it's really cool uh, seeing David Shaw on set with the guys at the NFL Network with Rich Eisen, um, with Charles Davis, another guy who has Stanford uh, Stanford connections, by the way, is he was uh, an associate athletic director for Stanford Bank in the mid '90s. So really awesome to see the things that uh, Charles Davis has done since then, and uh, Daniel Jeremiah too. So really cool to see David Shaw uh, participate and be a part of that. And you look at you know, Stanford and where it stacks up as far as draft picks or at least guys who uh, who went to Stanford who were showing up on NFL rosters and, and the Cardinal are right up there. Um, and, and they actually lead the Pac-12 in draft picks since 2012. And keep in mind, this is in a league that has USC and Oregon in it. And so that's certainly not a uh, certainly not a small feat for, for Stanford in that respect. And from an overall program standpoint, Stanford guys, they know how to hit a playbook Generally, you know, studying is actually a thing at Stanford University. You actually mm-hmm. do have to go to class yes. and books and represent <laughs> there as well. So while it's not the big time crucible that you might see in college football, specifically in your part of the country with LS, you ride up the road and and, and Bama and 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 all those places, Texas A and M, uh, not too far away. Not necessarily the the intensity and the pressure that you might necessarily find from outside the program. Inside the program, it's still pretty much there because you have to perform on so many different facets and you have to excel. And plus the, the culture of the Stanford University itself, where a lot of kids on there are doing fantastic things. And, you know, Chris McCaffrey told the story not too long ago of how he uh, ripped up UCLA 243 yards, four touchdowns on the ground. And he went, he biked back to his dorm and he's thinking, yeah, I'm the man. And, you know, a, a bunch of a bunch of his, a bunch of his fellow doormates are walking up to him going, hey, Christian, hey, where have you been all day? It's that kind of thing. So, you know, Stanford guys kind of have a bit of a brand as, as being perhaps a bit more readily made to handle uh, some, of the, some of the rigors that you might face uh, in the NFL on and off the field. Looking, to forward, and looking forward to seeing how Paulson can, pos- can possibly apply those uh, with the Saints in the future. Absolutely. That is great news. So, right, Stanford guys more possibly readily made to handle the NFL. I love to hear that. So, and just Paulson seems like a really intriguing person. He speaks, I was reading, he speaks French as his first language at home, his mother's native tongue. So, We've talked about his incredible ball skills that it really it goes beyond the the highlights that we've talked about beyond the box score. So he played in the all high school all America game as a receiver. Do you think that that has helped him like in terms of when the ball's in the air, he thinks it's his maybe in terms of his aggressiveness as a cornerback now on from transitioning from offense to defense? Yeah, I, I I would imagine so. It's it's kind of like in baseball when you have guys who used to be two way players, both pitchers um, and hitters as well. Uh, when you're a pitcher, you kind of know how to how a pitcher thinks, and you can apply those sorts of things uh, to the plate when you when you're when you're hitting against a guy. You can kind of get inside a pitcher's mind and try to apply those sorts of things to what you need to do at the plate. And I would imagine that those sort of things are are, are perhaps at work here. Uh, when you're going over from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side. I mean, look, think about Richard Sherman, right? Mm -hmm. Sherman started his collegiate career at Stanford as a receiver. 
made some huge clutch catches on that final drive for Stanford as they beat USC in 2007. Yes, that game, the greatest upset ever. Stanford was 41-point underdogs that day. But along the way, Sherman converted to a defensive back and finished his career as a corner for the Cardinal. And, and, and he still says to this very day, that really helped me out a lot as far as uh, switching over to that other side of the field. So I'd imagine that 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 those things would still be kind of in play uh, for Paulson and his journey. Um, as for his growth from, from year one to uh, to the NFL, I'll admit it's a little bit tough because let's face it, Paulson wasn't around the team in the 2020 season. Right. And things being what they were surrounding Stanford football, we didn't have direct access to the team. It was yeah. all via, you know, what we're doing right now. <laughs> Zoom, Zoom, you yeah. know, <laughs> couldn't head down to practice, couldn't shove microphones in, in, in people's faces and, and, and things like that. Had to do it a little bit, uh, you know, I had to do it all virtually. But I can tell you this, in, in, in my dealings with Paulson, you know, pretty laid back, pretty, I, I don't necessarily want to use the word shy, but, but a bit of a reserved guy and, you know, pretty straightforward uh, straightforward answer. So never really stroke, struck me as a, as a quote machine, which is fine. Look, I, 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 even though I'm in the media and I love great quotes and I love great sound bites and great copy and all of that, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to diss a guy if he, if he, if he gives me like one sentence answers, you know, sometimes that's all that needs to be said. So pretty straightforward, but res- well-respected by his teammates, you know, there was no ill will, no hard feelings from the coaching staff standpoint, uh, as, as far as him opting out of the 2020 season, you know, they, 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 you know, he, he came back and was able to work out for Stanford at their pro day. Uh, they don't have to, the coaches don't have to allow that to happen. So I, there no, no ill will towards that, um, at all, but, but well-respected by the coaches, well-respected, uh, by his teammates as well. And, uh, overall, uh, seemed to be uh, a, a good representative for, for, for Stanford, both on and off the field. Absolutely. Hearing David Shaw on on another podcast just talking about Paulson and just the fact that he has he understands concepts and he has deep conversations with him about things more than just football. It, it's really encouraging to see the kind of player and person that the Saints are, are adding to their to their secondary. So it, you mentioned Richard Sherman, obviously a Stanford player that everybody thinks of when we think about Stanford players. Is he someone you'd compare his physicality to? I mean, you mentioned that, that he's not a, a talker. You know, the Saints have talkers in their secondary already, so that's not required. But is Richard Sherman someone <laughs> like his physicality maybe that you might compare him to at, in any way? Yeah, I think that might be a fair comparison to make on some levels. Um, maybe not with their collegiate careers, because look, Based on what Sherman did as a corner, he had terrific moments, especially against USC in his senior year um, as a corner there. But I I still don't think anyone looked at what Sherman did as a corner at Stanford and said, oh, my God, this kid is going to be the next big thing. That didn't come until after he joined the Seattle Seahawks, worked his tail off and became part of the Legion of Boom and made himself famous or infamous after Aaron Andrews shoved that microphone in his face mm-hmm. after the 2013 NFC Championship game. 
Paulson, I think, was more of a known product and a known quantity, and certainly at the end of his Stanford career than Richard Sherman was at the end of his. Now, going forward, are there some similarities between those two on the NFL level? Yeah, certainly. From a physical standpoint, yes. But I, I think at this respective time, uh, this respective point in, in, in their respective NFL careers uh, with, with, with Paulson entering his NFL rookie season this year compared to where Sherman was coming in as a rookie for him. I, I would think that Paulson's still a bit ahead of the game in Sherman uh, with, with, uh, than, than Sherman in those respects. Now, of course, all that being said, look, this is no sure thing, right? There, there are so many things that have to fall into place for a draft pick to be successful. No matter where they're picked, number one, they got to stay healthy. And Debo uh, missed a, a portion, didn't get to finish the 2019 season uh, because he missed the last couple games uh, with an injury there. And there might be some questions. You know, he hasn't played competitive football. It'll be two years the next time he steps on the field. So there might be some questions in that respect. We don't know. But the guy's got to stay healthy. Two, he's going to be in the right scheme. Three, he's got to get help around him. You know, I mean, the guy, the guy can't do it all by himself. And four, the organization has to back him up. There are some guys who, who come in with the skills, but just don't get the help that they need from the remainder of the franchise to truly be as successful on and off the field as they probably could be. So, look, I, I think there's a lot to like about Paul Snedebo going to the Saints. Is it a slam dunk? I'd love to say it is, but it's not. But then again, I don't think it's a slam dunk with any draft prospect mm -hmm. entering this year. There are so many things that have to go in concert with each other to help a guy be successful at the next level. Now, that being said, I certainly think that more things fall in Paulson's favor here with his skill set and, and with the Saints franchise that, that seems to largely know what it's doing and how to compete in an always intriguing NFC South, if not even a little bit beyond. You know, there are some things to like there to, to perhaps think that Paulson uh, might, might, be, uh, might be a bit more equipped uh, to perhaps do some good things on the next level. Absolutely. Like you said, health certainly is a major, major yeah. factor. We are certainly yeah. hoping that everyone stays healthy, yeah, indeed. Uh, not just with the Saints, but across the across the league. But we are certainly we can't wait to see him in black and gold. And uh, certainly with the schedule coming out today, we're we're counting down the days until the season is here and we get a sense of what this team is going to, is going to look like. Yeah. So with that, Troy, I feel like I've gotten a crash course on the brand of Stanford football with you. This is, <laughs> you know, from the South, we, we, some, we sometimes get wrapped up in our SEC bubble, so to speak. No, no, you know? <laughs> no. Really, I'm shocked. Other people do play football in other parts of the country, you know. <laughs> right, right. So this has been really, really great. So let's get into our final segment, the random round. Uh, just some quick questions and quick answers to close out the pod. Um, sure. We're going to do it a little differently, you know, customize it to each new Saints player that we're highlighting in this series. So question number one, tell us about your most memorable moment covering Paulson Adebo. Well, that, that, that game against Cal and that interception mm -hmm. against Cal, uh, it, it's still mind-blowing to me that uh, he was able to pull that off. He also had another interception later in that game uh, that sealed it against the Bears. And after the game, 
Yeah, I'll talk to him afterwards. And he was pretty matter of fact about it, you know, as as usual. Yeah, that was, yeah, uh, you know, I just I just reached out and I made the play. Yeah, no kidding, Paulson, you reached out and made the play. <laughs> well done by him. But but I think that sums up, you know, his his, his business-like approach to how he goes about things. Wow. So not a, not a quote machine, but he's going to let his play speak for him for, for itself, it sounds no like. So what is one thing he needs to improve upon maybe before camp starts? One thing that seemed to get him uh, were double moves. Um, the, the receiver at UCF mentioned that game earlier in mm-hmm. our chat in which Stanford just was, was not competitive at all. Um, Debo was a bit injured, a bit slow with a lower body injury that day, but but he was just victimized by double moves time and time again throughout that. And, and, and again, maybe it's a function of him not being 100%, not being able to cope with those double moves and not having quite the recovery speed that he normally has. So maybe it's a function of that. But, but still, that's on tape, and that is certainly something that uh, receivers will, will probably look to try on him again, uh, certainly on the next level. So perhaps maybe a bit susceptible to double moves, but that, that's more of a physical thing, it seems. That, that's certainly something that can be taught with a lot of technique. All right. Double moves. Noted. All right. What is a little known fact about Stanford? It's Cardinal, not Cardinals. <laughs> and the mascot is the color, not the bird. And the actual... When, when people think of the tree, they think of that, that wacky, zany, dancing Stanford tree that, that causes a lot of problems uh, along with the rest of the Stanford band. Uh, the, the tree that, that you see dancing around is the band's mascot, not necessarily the school's mascot. So it's Cardinal, not Cardinals. I, yes, I did know that, but I did not know that the tree was specific to the band. That yeah. that is fascinating. Wow! Yeah. Yeah. All right, that and wacky Stanford band. <laughs> tell us your final message, or maybe a message from Stanford for Paulson as his NFL career begins. Well, going to be going into an intriguing situation, an intriguing, an intriguing conference, right? I mean, Tampa Bay has 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 Tampa Bay now in the World Championship. They wear the belt, and they have ten, and they have Tom Brady, and they might not be going anywhere certainly uh, for the upcoming year. Uh, Carolina, Christian McCaffrey, what are we going to see there? And Atlanta really upgrading their offense in a big way. I'm still not sure if they're going to stop anyone, but still uh, scoreboards are going to light up potentially when the Falcons take the field. You need corners in this day and age. They become much, they become much, much more important. And I, I still think defensively you build from the trenches out. You see what guys like Aaron Donald have done uh, for the NFL. You, you can get de- a, a strong defensive line that generally helps your, your coverage, but it's, it seems like, Football is kind of flipping the other way around where you need those corners to help your pass rush. Well, Paulson Adebo can certainly do that. Helping lock, down, helping lock things down with coverage will generally be in the right place at the right time. And if he's not in the right place, he'll try to get there as quickly as he possibly can. So Paulson's going to get a lot of work, I think, in the NFC South. And uh, that might not be a bad thing for the Saints and their fans. No doubt about it, for sure. And finally, Troy, tell us how listeners can connect more with you. 
Sure. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Troy Clarity. The last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. And I host the, uh, the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, the podcast that's on the Believe Podcast Network. It's been a lot of fun. We've been doing, we've been doing the TreeCast overall since 2015. And we normally only did it during football season, during Stanford football season. Signed on with Believe in early March of 2020. Posted our first episode March 9th. And then three days later, everything shut down. So we kind of had to widen the scope and uh, cover all of Stanford athletics. And uh, we've certainly been able to do that. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, there's been somehow a lot to talk about, even when the even when the teams weren't on the field. Absolutely, I find that even in the off season, there are always storylines, always yep. things to tap into and converse about. So, Troy Clarity, this has been so much fun. Thank you for being here, and thank you for joining me to talk about Stanford and Paulson Adivo. You got it. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane. Back the pack, and let's do this again soon. Absolutely, I would love to. Thanks again. You got it. Thank you so much for listening to Black and Gold Rush. Make sure to subscribe on the podcast app of your choice and leave a rating and review. Also, I'd love to connect more. Come say hey on Twitter or Instagram at RachelW504 and let me know what you thought of this episode. For show notes and more, head over to my website at rachelwjones.me. Until next time, oodat.